Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Bible Quest. This is the Tuesday edition where we talk with you about the Bible and its relevance for today every Tuesday at 2. My name is Justin Doms. Let me invite you to interact with us live. You can use the live chat on YouTube. Uh, we'll be watching that throughout our program. But if you have other questions or comments about our discussion today, whether it's about today's topic or some other spiritual Bible-related topic, please uh, contact us through YouTube or on our website at BibleQuest.tv. We want to talk about your questions and concerns in your journey to know the Lord and His Word. Today, we have with us Scott Smelser. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing well. Good. Good. Glad you're on with us. Uh, and uh, normally, uh, we'd have some others on, but I didn't work out with several issues going on. People are busy in different ways. But today, we're we'll looking at uh, Romans 14. I've had some recent discussion in the book of Romans. Uh, we've been studying through it here in Philadelphia. But... Uh, I don't know, Scott, You have you ever had somebody uh, come up and uh, say, well, well, that's a Romans 14 issue? Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's been really interesting to see um, how, depending on what kind of fellowship somebody is in, what they mean by things that don't matter. Uh, so I recall years ago, uh, an article called Majoring in Minors. And it was in a journal uh, among, read by people who agreed on these things and thought these things didn't matter. And they said, these things don't matter. And another journal to the left of them was writing, but dealing with people that were farther left with them. And it was talking about the fallacy of saying don't major in minors but if the two authors had talked to each other they totally would have disagreed about what was minor so one of the things that we need to do is not create a list of here are things that don't matter here are things that do matter right and this starts to get into the line of creeds and stuff like that but yeah there's a lot of confusion on this stuff yeah and, and so romans 14 you talk about you know uh, minor issues or major issues. When someone throws out, well, that's that's a Romans 14 issue. It's almost like saying, well, uh, let, let's wave the, the divine wand of agree to disagree and then move on. Uh, yeah. and, and, and we get that from Romans 14 verse one, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. And so uh, I, I think we've sort of shortened that verse down, sort of like what we've done with Matthew seven, where it's, you know, judge not, and then we leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole other section after judge not, right? Yeah, we don't want um, to read that part. Just... And, and so here it's don't quarrel over opinions. Uh, we've, you know, don't quarrel. Uh, but there's a whole lot more going on here. And I, I wonder if it'd be helpful for us to even back up a good bit and look That's at cool. Romans as a whole. Yes. Um, so if you were to, to talk with someone about Romans 14 or even about Romans in general, how would you sum up the book of Romans as a whole? Like, what, what is Paul talking about in this letter? All right. So he's talking about the gospel, that that's the power of God unto salvation. That's what he's talking about. And the reason, one of the reasons he's talking about it is because though he's never been to Rome, he's very interested in the gospel in capital cities. He's always wanted to get to Rome. He knows a lot of people there, and he knows their tensions between Jewish believers who are Sabbath-keeping, 
kosher eating circumcised believers and Gentile believers who are Sabbath working pig eating uncircumcised believers and there's tensions and he's doing that partly because if you read in Romans 1 and then later in Romans 15 we'll see that that Paul is actually on his way to Jerusalem uh, and he's been coming from Gentile territory and he's coming from uh, Corinth which is about as Gentile and pagan and hedonistic as yeah. you can get and he's going to go back to spend time with Jewish Christians yeah. but also just Jews in general yeah. and and he's bringing with him a financial gift from Gentile Christians to Jews, yeah. not just because those Jewish Christians need the money, but he's also hoping that it will it will help to demonstrate the the bond that they have in Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. In Romans, so, in Romans, one of the things he's doing is letting them see that they're in the same boat because Jews tended to view themselves up here and the Gentiles down there. And in Romans chapter one, he says, Gentiles are down there. In Romans two, he says, Jews are down there too. You're in the same boat and the law isn't gonna get you out of it. Your works isn't gonna get you out of it because you've broken the law. You both need the same right. Lord Jesus. Right, right. So so essentially the, the book of Romans is getting at how salvation um, is made available to everyone. Yep. It's given through faith, not through perfect keeping of the law. However, the person who's saved by faith, if we go back and look at, say, uh, chapter 12, um, he's going to uh, love his neighbor as himself. So in, in Romans yes. chapter 12, verse 9, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Uh, he's going to talk about in verse 16, associate with the lowly, you know, don't be haughty, live in harmony with one another. And then finally in 13, 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So if I'm loving my neighbor, who is, I'm either a Gentile loving a Jewish neighbor or a yep. Jew loving a Gentile neighbor. That's right. Then, then Romans 14 suddenly takes on a new meaning than just let's all agree to disagree. Uh, Romans yeah. 14 is a little bit different here. Yeah, I, I th think you're right. This is, there are absolutely some lessons and principles for us to learn from it. But Romans 14 is about these tensions between Jewish and Gentile brethren, which we can learn from. Yes. But it, it people have turned it into like a, a, a filing cabinet, and, and they like to say, here's salvation issues, and here's non-salvation issues. Yeah. And oftentimes, they will throw really moral issues into the non-salvation and say, oh, this biblical instruction matters and this biblical instruction doesn't matter. And that's not that's not Paul's point, Romans 14. Right, right. Uh, maybe I've heard, you know, Romans 14 issues and also, uh, is it a matter of salvation? Yeah. And, and I think it's right to say that there are some issues that are more central that are uh, matters of salvation. And, and the reason I want to say that is because in Matthew 23, Jesus, who is at that point, uh, he has had it with the Pharisees. He has been patient with them for years now. Uh, he's often visited them in their homes. He's had meals with them. But now it's woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. And in Matthew 23, verse 23, he commends them for tithing mint, dill, and cumin. But then he says, you have neglected the weightier matters of the law 
So there are some matters that they're just, they have more weight and impact to them yes. than some other matters. At the same time, <laughs> in that passage, Jesus says, you ought to have done these without neglecting the others. So he doesn't say, look, some things are weightier, some things are less weighty, therefore ignore those things. It is more a matter of if you get the weighty things in place, then these other things will fall in place themselves. Uh, yeah. So so we shouldn't neglect anything. Anything that the Bible touches on is not like something Romans to say. 13. Right before Romans 14, Romans 13, he says, look, if you'll love your neighbor as yourself, that's going to take care of. Don't kill him. Don't steal from him. Don't take his wife. Don't, you know, lie to him. All that's going to be covered if you will start with the weightier matter, love your neighbor as yourself. And when Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment, he didn't say, oh, they're all the same. No, right. there's one that's the greatest. There's one that's the second greatest. And it doesn't mean you ignore the other ones, but it's, he okay. said, all the other ones hang on those two. Yeah. And if you get that one or those two set, uh, everything else, it's easy. I mean, it's simple. Maybe we should say it's simple. Maybe it's not easy. Simple. So in Romans 14, uh, I think it'd be helpful just to read some of this. Um, I want to read verses 1 through 12 to begin with. Um, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. But not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, with the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? We will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So they're, they're kind of two um two groupings of people there's the weak and the strong and here he says you know there's the one who's weak in faith i don't take it that here's someone who is spiritually weak in every way but rather he's weak in this particular area uh and maybe that's a hint that that at some point he might grow past this um but at this point it's a weakness that he's just going to live with uh, and and Paul says that we shouldn't despise him if we're the strong one. But but what do you see him being weak in? I think he's weak in his understanding of God's will under the gospel. Uh, he's not wrong in what he's doing, but he doesn't understand everything. It's kind of like Hebrews. Um, this is interesting. I don't want to get off, waste much time on this. But Galatians and Hebrews are interesting and very different 
they they both deal with the fact that we're not under the old law, we're under the new. But they're written totally differently. Because one's to Gentiles, one's to Jews. Hmm. Galatians is written to Gentiles saying, no, do not get circumcised. Don't start following the Jewish calendar. No. Hebrews nowhere tells people, circumcise your kids, eat some bacon. It's okay that they don't do those things, but don't miss out that there's something better. Don't be focused on what was less right. and not moving forward in the better. And, oh, that is interesting. And a lot of Jewish brethren were still absolutely living like Jews. Yep. Uh, Peter, until Cornelius, and probably for a long time after. You know, when that thing was lowered that had the different kinds of foods in it, he said, I've never eaten that. So we, we need to not think that on the day of Pentecost, you know, Jews started eating bacon. They did not. They became disciples of Jesus, but they were absolutely still Jewish people observing Jewish law. Right, right, right. And and they did that not as a matter of, if they were in Christ, they did that not as a matter of earning salvation or appealing to God for righteousness, but they did it as a matter of, this is who I am. I'm a, I'm a Jew. Uh, and, and so these are the rules God had given me as a Jew. And, and wow, it's, I mean, it's, that's just part of my culture at this point. I think it's really hard for us to, to unravel that idea because Jews were Jews, not just spiritually, but also ethnically and nationally and then culturally. It's all wrapped up in into one thing. So to try to unravel that, I think you're right. There wasn't like a ceremony on the day of Pentecost where all the Jews said, yay, now let's have a barbecue. They, they, they're still in that culture. Um, so yeah, I, I'm seeing people here in Romans 14 who are the the strong in faith, which means that they they eat, they eat whatever meat comes their way. Uh, now, a little bit of a caveat here: First Corinthians eight through ten is a very similar passage to this. Different scenario. Um, we're talking about eating meat sacrificed to idols, and there, Paul, it, it is, is wrong. Right. right, it is wrong. Um, but but there you're looking at Paul using that as an opportunity to talk about love, which he does here in Romans 14. So you can really study those passages together, 1 Corinthians 8 through 10, Romans 14 and 15. But these, these those who are strong in faith, they're eating meat, and they also are not respecters of days. I'm assuming that's like Sabbath day, exactly. right? Exactly. So, so a Jewish Christian, he's never worked on the Sabbath day. And, uh, and here are a bunch of Gentile Christians. They have no problem with working on the Sabbath day and they're planning things together. They're doing things together as Christians in this community, this church, and suddenly they've got to figure out how do we work our week together. Let, let's illustrate this for the audience. You pick either be a Gentile or a Jew. Oh, I'll be a Jew. Right, so you're the Jew <laughs> and pick a it's Simon. You will be Simon the Jew. Sure. Disciple of Jesus in Rome. And across the street, I am Narcissus, the Gentile. And what are you eating? Romans 14, oh. what are you eating? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're having uh, lamb and uh, some, some pickled vegetables. You might think that, but that's not what the text says. What does the text say? You're oh, you're, you're right, friend. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to have vegetables. I'm just going to steer clear of the meat. Because back in Jerusalem, you'd be having lamb and fatted calf maybe sure. or why 
why are you eating just vegetables? Yeah, no, that's a good point because, and I think First Corinthians 8 makes this point, is that this meat, it's come from the marketplace, it's been touched by the Gentiles, and it might have been offered and sacrificed to some idol. It, it could have been sacrificed to an idol. You know, you didn't, maybe you asked some questions, you couldn't be sure. It might have been chopped with the same knife that they chopped up some pork with. It was, and we have an illustration of this earlier. Who's a faithful Jew in the Old Testament who would have eaten a lot of clean meats at home, but when he's in a foreign capital, he chooses to eat just vegetables? Sure. Yeah, that'd be uh, Daniel and his friends. Yeah. 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 So you're being like Daniel. It's like... <laughs> There's there's no guarantee on this stuff here. So you're 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 eating vegetables. I'm having bacon wrapped shrimp. I'm eating pork sausage. I mean, I, I got the pig with the apple in its mouth over here. Oh, it's it terrible. <laughs> what are you doing on Saturday? Yeah, I I am resting and I'm remembering that God saved me uh, as an Israelite. He rescued us from Egypt. And you look out the window and I'm changing the oil in my chariot, you know, and and and, and putting a new roof on my house. And how does that make you feel? Oh, I mean, you're just some some pagan uh you, you just you're of this world you don't understand what it's like to be someone who's a child of god right I mean, yeah and so you have a temptation to judge me right now i'm over here with the superior knowledge that i can eat my bacon and my you know pork chops and, and my catfish and i see do i think it's a sin for you to eat salad no, 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 but you sure do think I'm missing out. Yeah, yeah. I, it's going to be easy for me to think you're kind of stupid. You're you're kind of, you know, and so you're over there talking to your wife, Miriam. You know, there goes Narcissus again. Just look at him violating the Sabbath. And now they're doing a pig roast. And I'm looking at you. Now, if you meet somebody in town, and you're trying to tell them about Jesus, and they say, "Oh yeah, I know Narcissus. He's he's a faithful follower of Jesus too, right?" Well, you know, yeah. Narcissus, he's a he's got he's, he's coming along, <laughs> or maybe not. You might even be worse than that. And if somebody asks me about you, I'm like, "Oh, that's Simon." You know, he just is that going to help the gospel spread? Yeah, that's a good point. That's going to really destroy the image of Christ, the kind of unity that we have in the Lord. So you come to chapter 15, and he's still, like you've said, Romans 14 and 15, because they're united. Mm -hmm. He's still talking about the strong and the weak. And then he says what this is about. He says, verse 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in one accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another. Which is how he started out 14. Mm -hmm. See one another. Welcome one another. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And this is where we can see if anybody wonders, is this really talking about Jew and Gentiles? Yes. Because he's saying to Simon and he's saying to Narcissus, 
you guys need to glorify God with one voice and you need to be welcoming each other because, verse 8, Christ became a servant for the yeah, the Gentiles. Circumcised Simon. And verse 9, in order that the Gentiles, uncircumcised Narcissus, might glorify God. Yeah. So it's it's interesting when you put all this in context, it it really doesn't fit this whole, well, there are matters of salvation that are central to the gospel. And then there are these sort of peripheral issues that well, they're just Romans 14 issues and it's a big can of things that people have opinions on and that's okay. This is this is talking about an issue where both options are right. It's not a, well, which is it? Is it? Well, we just don't know. The Bible's not clear. No, the Bible is very clear. Eating meat was okay. Jesus told Peter, you mentioned that Acts uh, chapter hmm. uh, 10. He, he says, you know, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Jesus said very plainly there, you know, what, what I have cleansed, you should not call common. So it's right to eat this meat. It's also right not to eat the meat. Right. It's not a requirement to be a Christian. You can be a vegan and be a Christian. You can be a vegetarian and be a Christian. You can rest on Saturday right. and be a Christian. Right. Yeah. And if you do so, you're doing it in a way that honors the Lord yeah. So why why would I despise you or you despise me in this case? You're narcissist, you know, the Gentile. Why would you despise me because I'm over here trying to do what I think is honoring to the Lord? But at the same time, I've got to be very careful that I acknowledge narcissus has every right to change the oil in his chariot and invite people over to a pig roast afterward. Uh, and you might even, you might even, um, you know, uh, fix up a really nice salad and invite me over on Friday night, you know, before yeah. sunset <laughs> instead yeah. of Saturday yeah. so that we can spend some time together. That's kind of the picture you see in Romans 14. That's right. That's right. Because love doesn't, he says, he, he talks about not grieving your brother, not causing your brother to stumble. You know, I'm cooking all this bacon. I know it smells good. You know, I'm not going to be saying, Simon, <laughs> you know, it's, don't do that. And if you if you can imagine, say, here's a widow in the church and she's going to move and I'm planning to move. And I said, yeah, OK, hey, we're going to move her on Saturday. Well, that's a horrible, disrespectful thing to do to you. Right. You're not going to be able to help her. So people are saying, yeah, Saturday's a good day. I say, no, 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 no. Let's do it Monday. Simon and 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 Rufus and, and a bunch of those guys would would like to help. Right. Let's do that. And so there, there's a respect for each other that needs to be there. So, Paul, there's n there's no sin in resting on Saturday, no sin in working on Saturday. Right. No sin eating a salad, no sin eating bacon. Right. But what would be wrong is for me to despise you or you to judge me. Right. And it's different verbs. He doesn't me, tell me not to judge you. He doesn't tell you not to despise me. Your temptation will be to judge, and he tells you not to do that. My temptation is to despise or set it not. He tells me not to do that. Now, I might have another temptation. If we look down at 1422, it's kind of one, one other thing that could happen here. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. For whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. 
For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So if I see you over there eating your meat and I go, I'm just, I'm missing out. I'm missing out on time with Narcissus and his family. I'm missing out on these opportunities to share the gospel with his neighbors. Tired of salad. I'm hungry. <laughs> Tired of salad. We just need some bacon bits, right? And and so I'm looking at this. I'm going, I just, maybe, maybe I ought to just, you know, get past this. Well, that might be a good thing to do if I do it in faith, in knowledge of what Christ has accomplished. But if I do it just saying, well, I'm going to try it and hope I don't feel guilty. But I still think it's kind of wrong, but not really wrong because I know narcissism isn't wrong, but I just, I'm having trouble feeling free to do this. And I go ahead and do it anyway. Now I've done what I believe is wrong for me to do. And even though it's actually not wrong at all, I've done what I believed was wrong. And therefore my heart was sinful. And so God counts that as something to be judged. What if your son is walking down the street and says, hey, come over here. You know, realize, hey, take a bite of this. I'm cooking. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm not supposed to. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, No. Right. Respect other people's conscience. Don't put a stumbling block in the way of them. That's one of the things taught in the second half of the chapter. Yeah, so, th- so these are looking at moral scruples or you know conscientious issues. Um, so now I guess we've talked about kind of what, what they were going through then. You said at the outset that there are some principles here that are really applicable. We've talked about some of them. But one thing we, we want to make sure we don't do is just sort of attach Romans 14 to any issue that's difficult to figure out. Like, for example, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 talks about women wearing head coverings. Well, that's difficult to figure out. And you ask a dozen different Christians, and they're going to give you maybe a dozen different answers. And I wish it weren't so, but it's a difficult section of the scripture. That doesn't make it a Romans 14 issue. (laughs) Um, Because what's going to happen is someone's going to say, no, I think I've got that figured out. And I think think you're not obeying the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians 11. What do you do now? If someone thinks that I'm in sin, what's their responsibility? Well, and people can talk about it, can study it together, respect each other's conscience. There is a couple of things. I've got some charts on this uh, that maybe we'll have time to get to. There are some principles that sometimes come into play that can help us. They're, they're not absolutes, but they're things to consider. Um, I, I, there's kind of a wheel on one of the charts, and it shows a variety of things. It's going to be easier for me to work with you while there's something we disagree on if you're not requiring me to participate in it. Right, right. There is, but there's a limit to this. Let me explain the limit. First Corinthians 5, a man's having sex with his father's wife. It's not a group activity. He's not requiring other people to do that. But this is absolutely wrong. There's no question about it. It's not that he thinks, well, I thought this was what Leverett meant. No, it's, this is wrong. It doesn't need any discussion. It's egregious. It should be dealt with right now. Paul doesn't write 1 Corinthians 5 and say, one man has faith to have his father's wife, another doesn't. Let each be assured in his own mind. No. You know. One man has faith to take his brother to law. One man has faith to 
go to a prostitute. One man has faith to get drunk at the Lord's Supper. Let him be assured in his own mind. No, just because it's individual doesn't mean it gets a free pass. Right. But if you have conscientious people, it does make it easier to work together if you're not requiring each other to participate in it. So right. it's not a free pass, but, and this is one of the principles in Romans 14, because it says each of you will give account of yourself. Uh, so I can worship with somebody who would approve of things I think the church shouldn't do. I do worship with people. I, I worship with people from institutional backgrounds and such, and some of them worship with us because they enjoy hearing the Bible taught. And, um, you know, they, they want to worship God. Now, if they tried to bring in some of the practices that I think are unbiblical, now we're going to have a problem. And I'd be happy to discuss, and I have discussed. I've had conversations with people attending with us, and then they start realizing, oh, yeah, and they start seeing things, or somebody from the Christian church. Now that makes sense. Right. I didn't refuse to worship with them before, but because they were not imposing their extra-biblical things on me, it made it easy for us to worship while we studied. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, let's take a look at this chart here. Some factors that may or may not directly affect the ability to remain in fellowship. Time. Hebrews 5. By now you should be... Mm, teachers, right. Yeah. Uh, when Paul was at Thessalonica, he knew there were some lazy bones. And while he was there, he said, if you won't we work, you don't get to eat. Right. They still hadn't corrected it by First Thessalonians, and he reminds them again. Mind your own business work so that you're not going around being in need begging off people uh -huh. by the time he writes second thessalonians they still haven't corrected it he hits it again harder he says this time if they won't stop fellowship why didn't he start there he's, he's giving them some time yeah giving them time and, and making some important uh, a lot of times there's an opportunity to learn attitudes and principles yeah. rather than just bringing on the immediate consequences. I remember working with a new Christian and you know, before he'd been a drug dealer. Okay. Now he's trying to do honest work and each job lasted a few weeks because the boss was always a jerk. You know, you, you've seen the type. Well, it took a while before he got consistent. So he was, he was having some money troubles and stuff. And like one time, you know, he just in, indebted himself for a bunch of stuff. And then he got fired and he asked the church for money. Hmm. I said, well, you just got all that debt. And he said, well, how was I to know I was going to get fired? I said, I've known you for a few months and every few weeks you're either getting fired or quitting. <laughs> you know, it, so it, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to grow. Sure. Yeah. Paul didn't withdraw from them immediately, but over time. Okay. Next point. Blatancy. This is what you're talking about before, right? With first Corinthians five. Yeah. This is, and Paul treats this differently than the fellows at Thessalonica that didn't have a job. He didn't say somebody doesn't have a job. I've already judged them. Cast them out. No, it's this is 
you know, you can work on getting a job. You can work on starting to develop a better work ethic and getting some skills. Quitting having an affair with your father's wife doesn't need to be something you do incrementally. <laughs> right, right, right. Clarity of guilt. Um, some men's sins are evident. Some men's sins follow them under judgment. Uh, next point. Personal decision or a perversion of the gospel. Hmm. Um, in Acts 22, Paul goes to the temple and pays for some animal sacrifices. But he doesn't allow that to become a perversion of the gospel, making it required for Gentiles. Right, right. Um, is the person being factious about it? You can be factious about something that doesn't matter and end up needing to be withdrawn from it. I'll give an illustration. I heard about a church that they were in the book of Acts and they got to the verse where Stephen is about to be stoned and they gnashed on him with their teeth. So I'm going to ask you, Justin, did that mean they bit him or they gritted their teeth? <laughs> it depends on which side of the auditorium they're going to end up sitting. Oh my, I'd never heard of such a thing. The biters and non-biters sat on different sides of the auditorium. Now, that's so sad. Imagine I'm uh, a, a biter. I say, they bit him. The Bible says that on, on him. That meant they bit him. Well, I might think that, or you might think that. But if I'm pushing that every chance I can, I'm going to be factious. If you ask me to speak of the Lord's Supper, and I'll get up and say, we're here to commemorate the Lord's death. Jesus died for our sins, whether we murdered somebody or whether we committed idolatry, or whether we committed the, the blasphemy of denying the biblical truth that they bit Stephen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and if when I pray, you know, and we pray that people will, you know, open their hardened hearts to realize that they bit Stephen. Well, you know what? People are gonna say, Scott, you need to stop that. If right. you want to discuss it with somebody and someone else discuss with you, set aside a time and but you need to stop every and I refuse to. Guess what? Titus says, Paul to Titus, a faxist man after a, a warning or two. Refuse. Now, maybe I was right. Right. Matter, I'm being factious, right? Mm -hmm. Next start quoting. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Good point. Uh, is it individual or collective? Hmm. So I worship with people who wouldn't have a problem if we did things with the church funds that I think we shouldn't. But they're not trying to get us to. Right. And they're, they want to come and praise God and worship. And like I said, I've had conversations with people where over time, then they learn. Oh, now I see that. Hmm. But there's more room when it's individual to have conversations without making it an issue of fellowship. And, and, and we might, you know, mention the head covering earlier. This might fit here. Now, I don't think head covering is a Romans 14 issue, but Romans 14 would teach me I can be patient and gentle and yeah. you know, we can welcome one another as we're trying to serve the Lord. And so this idea of does this affect the collective? Is this about individual? Now, if this person refuses to study with me on the issue, it kind of goes back to the attitude of being factious, right? If 
well, no, I'm right about this and I don't need to study this issue and we're not going to talk about this anymore. Um, yeah. And attitude matters a whole lot. on, on Attitude really, really does. And let me say this also about uh, Romans 14. One lesson I can learn from Romans 14 is just because I have a conviction against it doesn't mean that God does. Hmm. Sometimes I might be the Jew that's being extra careful unnecessarily so. Right. I'll give you an example. I have not felt comfortable with doing have, using the church building, uh, a building block for the church for funerals. Hmm. I'm not sure I'm right. Right. I hope it's okay. I don't feel comfortable enough to do it myself, and so I don't. Right. And I'm not going to pronounce judgment on people who do, because I could be mistaken on that. And so if we will have a humility, you know what? Sometimes I might be the Jewish guy eating the salad. Yeah. And, and just yeah. recognizing that. Well, one, one that comes up uh, around this time of year is um, whether it's right to go trick-or-treating or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for a long time, I just had a really difficult time conscientiously. And, and it wasn't so much about the act, but about its association with yeah, with a lot of immorality. Um, but but if people are getting together and spending time together, and they're just being an encouragement to each other, I don't. Yeah, you, you got to think about. Okay, may, maybe I'm being judgmental and pronouncing judgments on things. That's not my job. And Romans 14 says, you know, who am I to judge the servant of another? I'm not that person's master. Yeah. 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 Hypothetical or immediate. Uh, there was a brother one time in the United States who he felt that modesty standards were very, very much cultural. Mm. What's immodest in one culture would not be immodest in another culture. He said, so like in some third world nations, there's nothing wrong with women going topless because to them that's not a sexual thing well i don't know how much you know he might understand about some of the sexual attractions in third world countries but i might disagree with him and we could talk about it but that's he's going to be able to do if this is a hypothetical than if his wife or his daughter shows up at services right with right, a right. Yeah. Now we've gone past, right? You know, uh, a discussion because there's become an immediate real problem. Right yeah. next, is the person willing to listen or refuse? So some of these topics, you know, uh, if it, you or I disagree on something, or somebody else will say, "Well, let's talk about that." If, if I'm willing to listen, and then I say, "I see what you're saying, but consider this verse here." Or, you know, look farther down in the context. We're having a discussion. Yeah. We're discussing that's going to, that's going to make fellowship easier than if I say, I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah. And in, in fact, uh, I heard brother Bill Hall, and I think, you know, Bill Hall, um, he, he made the point that if you have two people who believe the exact same thing down the line, but neither one of them love truth, then eventually those people are going to get further and further apart. But if you have two people who disagree on some things, but they both love the truth, 
then given enough time and exposure to that truth, they're going to be studying, they're going to be researching and working through this together. They're going to get closer and closer, not just to each other, but to God as well. So it, it, I think it's a healthy thing uh, for people from different backgrounds and different cultural experiences and different ideas to come together and realize, oh, you do that differently. Let's see what the truth is on that. Yes. And then we'll work together on that and, and figure some things out. Yeah. The other day I made the statement, direction is sometimes more important than position. And let me illustrate mm. that. Um, if you and I both decided we were going to bicycle across the United States, and I started um, months ago, and you started this morning. All right. I started months ago and I got to somewhere in Ohio and found a little town I loved and a little house that was for sale. I just fell in love with the area and I stopped and I bought the house and I got a job there. And you started out this morning and you're biking and you are 10 miles from the Atlantic Ocean headed west. Which one of us is more likely to get to the Pacific Coast first? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're camped out and happy, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm making progress. I'm maybe farther west than you are, but I'm not moving. Yeah, I've stopped heading to the to the West Coast. You are headed for the West Coast, and a lot of us think Arguably that because farther. we hold certain positions religiously. Um, then, then we're set. Uh, but the truth is, maybe we've camped out and we're not continuing to grow in the well, what Paul uh, Peter talks about—the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is it material or immaterial? Like, did Stephen get bit or not? Who cares? Um, next one. Its effect on others. Leaven. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And then another one recognizing my own fallibility. Romans 14 is not a magic. Uh, this Because you stop and look at some things that mattered. The rich young ruler, he looked like a pretty good guy. But Jesus knew his heart and required right. him to do something he didn't require Zacchaeus to do. Hmm. And guess what? It was a matter of salvation. Jesus, because he put money over the Lord, he said it would be easier for a camel to get through an eye of a needle than him going to heaven. So the, on those factors we looked at, it's not that one of these means, oh, this doesn't matter because of that. Because if it's serious enough and immediate enough and blatant enough, that's it. Like the fellow with his father's wife. If it's just being factious. So these are just different aspects that come into play as to how easy it is for us to be patient with each other as we work and grow and how that sometimes, no, this just can't be tolerated. Yeah. And I think the passage you pointed out in Romans 15, the goal of all this is that we would be living in harmony with one another and that together with one voice would be glorifying the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to welcome one another as we welcome Christ. Now, of course, Christ welcomed us. We were weak. We were sinful. Uh, and there's the idea that we're going to grow. 
And it seems to me that Romans 14, both the strong in faith and the weak in faith have opportunity to grow because the strong in faith are going to need to humble themselves and accept one another, welcome one another. So, so there's always Not opportunities. Personally. I look around. Not yeah. Good. Right. Yeah. There's always an opportunity for me to look around and to grow. So Romans 14, what's the Romans 14 issue? Um, when something's right, but there's a conscientious concern or objection about that. Uh, but it's not a um, sort of a, a pigeonhole where we just sort of shove all the issues that that might cause division. Uh, sometimes there's a reason to to mark a division, to mark a difference between um, people who are trying to follow Jesus, and and those are issues of morality and doctrine, and we've got to be careful to draw those lines where Jesus draws those lines. And Romans 14 is not about big sins matter, little sins don't matter. The differences between the Jews and Gentiles involve no sin at all. Right. Unless they were judging when they shouldn't be despising the other, grieving the other, not walking in love. Those were the sinful things, but the specific things were not sins. So yeah. it's just to, to bring that over to things that are uh, sinful or unbiblical, there's some principles we can learn, such as humility. Right. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't do this because I'm consciously opposed and I'm not certain it's wrong, but I've got enough question. I shouldn't do it, but maybe I am the weaker brother here. Yeah. That's, that's a thought worth entertaining. Yeah. And I think of a number of scenarios where this applies um, recently with COVID-19 and some issues where that, that mm -hmm. might apply, but... We're not going to jump in there, but but it's just uh, it's it's important these these principles to see them in their original context. Yes, and then try to think how do I apply them today. Yes, yes. Well, good Scott job. Has been, yeah, thank you for, for talking this through with me uh, today. I, I've been thinking a lot about it. We've been studying through Romans, uh, so this has been really helpful. Uh, and and again, for those who are listening in, if you have other thoughts or questions, things you want to see us discuss in the future, we we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we want to talk with you about the things. Uh, that help you in your journey to follow Christ. Uh, so uh, if you want to join us next time, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you, Lord willing, next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Bible Quests podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion and found it beneficial. If you have any questions or comments about what was discussed today, or if you have a particular topic that you'd like the panelists to talk about, you can go to BibleQuest.tv at any time and click on the Contact Us button in the upper right corner. Again, that's BibleQuest.tv. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.